Soccer Punks. Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is part of a current Dunker Punks podcast series interviewing seasoned ministers, uh, minister in the broad sense of you know, anyone who ministers to another, to ask them about their hopes for the future. So in sticking with that theme, the question that I'd like for you to ponder for a bit is, you know, what is your hope for the future? What is something you have been hoping for recently? So this could be uh, something big or small, um, like maybe your most recent hope for the future was that you'd have good weather for your Memorial Day cookout with friends and family. Um, It could be something a little bigger than that, like maybe you're hoping and waiting on a positive word from the new job you just applied to. Or even bigger than that, you could be waiting for some positive news from a family member or a friend who's been sick or hurt lately. Maybe you've been hoping for some good news in regards to that. So think for a minute about a hope you've had for the future recently. For today's episode, our contributors will be introducing themselves. They're part of a really awesome youth ministry that's happening at Arlington Church of the Brethren. So I'll let them do some introductions and they'll be interviewing Pastor Nancy Betts Fitzgerald about her life's work, her ministry, where she is right now in her life, and of course, what she hopes for the future. We're recording at Arlington Church of the Brethren with Pastor Nancy Betts Fitzgerald, who co-founded the Dunker Punks podcast and recently retired from pastoral ministry. We are excited to hear what she learned from her work and what she hopes for the future. My name is Lily, and I'm and I'm 12 years old. I'm in seventh grade, and I enjoy reading and playing piano. I was raised in this church, and I've gone here my whole life. My favorite type of ministry is outdoor ministry at camp. My name is Mary Lynn and I am nine years old. I am in fourth grade and I enjoy hiking, biking, and soccer. I was also raised in this church and have gone here my whole life. I also like camp and other outdoor ministries like garden. So our first question is to tell the audience about you. We were raised in preschool while you were a pastor at Arlington Church of the Brethren. Can you tell us how you connected with this church and about your ministry here? Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's uh, fun to see you girls again. I've known Arlington Church of the Brethren for a lot of years because it used to be the Northern Virginia churches got together in the winter of all times. And I would come here as one of the people who came to those things. And then when I ended up in ministry, I knew the pastors. I knew two previous pastors that were here personally, um, Pastor Roseanne Harwood and um, Pastor Jeff Payne. And 
when Jeff Payne resigned, he called me the next day and he said, I was one of the pastors at Manassas Church of the Brethren then, and he said, Nancy, you need to apply to this job because this place would be perfect for you. And he was right. That's how I got here. We are also wondering how you became a pastor. What college did you go to and what were you before you were a pastor? When did you decide you wanted to be a pastor and what was your inspiration? I used to say previous lies because I've done a lot of different things. I went to Murray State University out in Western Kentucky for my undergraduate degree in biology. I pretty much had to promise to never set foot in a chemistry lab again in order to graduate without one chemistry class that I needed. So I really haven't ever done anything with the biology degree, but I loved it. And then I went to the Lutheran Theological Seminary at Gettysburg for my theology degree. But I took all my, the Lutheran classes that were required, I took them and made them brethren classes. And they let me go to the Bethany Seminary, which had a satellite campus in Pennsylvania. It meets a couple places, Elizabethtown and Lancaster. And so I took all the Brethren theology courses instead of Lutheran ones, but my degree is still from Gettysburg, which is now United Seminary because it merged with another one. But degrees don't tell everything because I worked in outdoor ministry for 12 years. So it was interesting to hear how camp and outdoor ministry is of interest to you all. It was a place called Camp Glenkirk, which isn't in the woods anymore. It's not there. They, they moved out to Loudoun County and bought a new place. But for 12 years, I was at Camp Glenkirk. And I, I used to say that there was um, something special. And a lot of people that went there, the camps that you go to probably feel like that is a holy place. And uh, Camp Glenkirk was a holy place and was very much part of my call to ministry because I wanted to keep doing meaningful ministry in some way. And at the time, I worked with uh, Pastor Jeff Carter, who's the Reverend Doctor Jeff Carter, who's now president of Bethany Seminary. And he was very influential in my journey into ministry. And then I later got to work with him at Manassas Church, where he was lead pastor. So it was an interesting journey down that road. What did you do when you were young? Did you go to church when you were young? And have you always wanted, have you always gone to Church of the Brethren? I grew up about a mile from the ocean and in New Jersey. And I used to say, when I grow up, I want a job where I can wear jeans and t-shirts to work. So. Without the ministry for 12 years, I wore, except in the summer where it was too hot, so you wore shorts and t-shirts to work. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what I wanted to do. I liked to play outdoors all the time, and I wanted to play sports. And back then, girls weren't, you had very limited sports options. And I wanted to play baseball, and the girls couldn't play baseball. And they didn't have much in the way of softball teams for girls back then. But I had a field because my father was an American Baptist minister. And they do a lot of things with the Church of the Brethren. They're very similar. And the church there had was new and had bought an old eight-acre farm. And I had a field, which my father mowed into a baseball diamond. And I got to play baseball there. So if the boys in the neighborhood wanted to play baseball, they had to let me play ball because I had the field. So that's kind of what I did when I was 
little. I went to church every Sunday because when your father's a pastor, you go to church every Sunday, especially when you live right in front of the church. Um, so whether you want to or not, you go. But I enjoyed it. And it, I think living there on that little farm is, and spending so much time outside and being only like a mile from the Barnegat Bay kind of made me want to stay outside as much as I could. And I ended up working as a computer analyst in the 70s and 80s. Now, that was when a computer took up whole giant rooms and sometimes was in a building down the street and you were only connected to it by telephone. It's hard to imagine, but um, I used that computer analyst work uh, a lot in ministry because I found out that churches uh, um, are not all that up to date on technology. And so all the things I knew about computers came in really handy. And uh, I also did some work in sales. And you find out when you're dealing with people so much in sales, it's a lot, it's very similar to dealing with people in any way. You learn a lot about people. And so it was all very helpful when I went into ministry. And as I said, I went to American Baptist Church when I was a kid. What did you do when you retired from my church? What are some of your current ministries and hobbies? When I retired, I took a ski sabbatical. I hadn't taken a sabbatical, which was a mistake on my part. You should really take sabbaticals when you earn them, whether you're a teacher or a pastor or any job that allows that. So I took off skiing with my husband and we went out west and uh, I tore up my knee. I had a great time most of the weeks. But I tore up my knee, and um, Phoenix, our, my granddaughter, had been born shortly before I retired. So when I got back, the plan was for me to take over childcare. So I did. I was in a wheelchair still part of the time when I was taking care of the baby, and, and my husband, which you know probably as Mr. Fitz, did a lot because I couldn't drive. Of course, it was my driving leg. And that took up a lot of time. Uh, and when I was healthy again, I was still taking care of Phoenix. And not long after that, our son was diagnosed with cancer and I became his caregiver and he moved in with us for the last two years of his life. And that was very consuming, you know, took a lot of time and we went into COVID. So while we were in COVID, sometimes we had Phoenix over uh, after it felt like it was safe to do that. It became a very strange period, if you remember what COVID was like. And uh, when after he died, uh, it, our next granddaughter was born a few months later, and we were still in COVID. And when their, her moms went back to work, I took over with childcare and just stopped doing that in January, and now I still see them a lot, but that kind of taken up my life since retirement. I go to the gym every day, and I do a lot of walking, and I wanna do some hiking, but mostly I do it on local trails. And that's kind of what has taken my life lately. What are some youth ministries you've been a part of, and what was your role starting the Dunker Punks podcast? Youth ministry was a big part of my life. In Manassas, I was in charge of all the youth ministries, and they had a pretty big, at one point we graduated eight seniors in one year. We would go on work camps, which is now called Faith X. My husband and I led work camps 
in uh, Pine Ridge, South Dakota, the Masu Reservation, and at a seed bank and demonstration farm, Fort Myer, North Fort Myer, Florida. Did a middle school uh, work camp in Richmond, Virginia, and things like that. So I was always involved in youth ministry. And when I got here, there was only a couple high school kids, I think. And so there wasn't uh, a lot to do with youth. And after a while, uh, we got the young adults together, which were your parents, and we had a really good group. And I think of the Dunker Punks podcast, um, I always call it a Holy Spirit thing, which is kind of a strange old fashioned word to use, but it's kind of true that when God wants you to do something in, in a very strange way, you hear about it somehow. And so it came to me that for all the kids that were in college or leaving to go to work and they were leaving their church community or maybe didn't have one, or maybe they were in a church community that didn't recognize their sexual choices or who they were as people, and they might feel really alienated. And I thought about people like your mom and your mom and all these folks who had this great community and we would get together and we would have a big soup meal and we would talk. And I thought, what, what could we do? And that's when podcasts were just sort of getting going. And I remember getting this idea, well, we could do a podcast. And I talked to your mom about it, and she liked the idea. And then I talked to the guy who created DunkerPunks.com after a national youth conference. And he liked the idea. And then we got it started, and we just kind of tried. Your mom put together a big plan, Mary Lynn, that was just incredible. And from that plan, we created the podcast. And it kind of evolved, but we got more people to do things, and we found that people from all around the world were listening. So you knew that there were people out there that just needed a community like you have here at church. No matter what size it is, you need other people to be on the journey with you. And so the podcast kind of took off after that. What is your hope for future youth ministries? You know, I thought about that, and I don't think my hopes are as important as yours. Because my hopes I see happening when I see the two of you sitting here and, and Marina who helped with these questions and the things that are happening at this church, my hopes are happening. But what are your hopes? And so that's the kind of thing when you think about what are my hopes, you know, I hope that you just keep continuing and following whatever spirit or nudges that you feel when you're out at camp or you're walking and hiking and you feel really close to God and you feel a pull that, I wonder if I should go look into this or that. Follow that. That dream, that's what God is speaking to you in some way or the other. And who knows what could come out of it. Thank you for spending this time with us. I appreciated it when you were a pastor. You were a really good pastor, and I hope people will learn something new from this podcast. I also want to thank our friend Marina, who helped brainstorm these questions for our conversation today. We wanted to interview you because we care about your hopes and want to see them happen. This is a way to spread awareness about what you've learned. We see a lot of people leaving church, and our hope is to see more people coming. We especially would like to have more friends in Sunday school. To close, we want to thank you for ministering to us in so many ways.
Well, all the things you're doing and want to do are part of living a life that brings God and the world and all its people into harmony. Keep it up. And remember that church and what feels like God's community isn't really what's inside this building or what happens here. It's what you do when you're out there, outside the walls. So enjoy. And thank you very much. Bye. Bye. So as dunker punks or as people of faith, generally our hopes are somehow tied in, connected to our faith. And oftentimes I hear people contrast those two things, hope versus faith, with the idea that hope is somehow leagues away from what faith is. While they do have some differences, I tend to think that hope and faith are super similar and vastly interconnected with one another. And I looked up the definitions of both words just to kind of compare and contrast for myself. The definition of hope According to the Webster Dictionary, hope is a feeling of trust. And then looking up faith in the same dictionary, the definition is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So faith and trust, while they are different, hope hinging more on a feeling of trust and faith being more complete or wholesome, they both boil down to the same concept that there is something you trust in and you're willing to give your life, your thoughts, your opinions, your time to that Thing. And personally, I think the biggest commonality between the two is that they both calls us to evolve with time. There is this huge evolutionary aspect about both faith and hope, if you think about it. Think about the hopes that you had when you were just, say, 10 years old versus the hopes that you have now. And also think about the faith that you had when you were just about 10 or so versus where your faith in God is at now in your life. I know that when I was around 10 or so, my hopes were very sincere and they were very specific. I hoped way into my future that I would become a marine biologist and I hoped that I would grow up to have a huge horse farm. So those were my hopes as a child um, and today the things that I hope for are still sincere and they are still very specific. I hope for 
security for my husband and I. I hope for good times and love and laughter with my family and friends. Those are vastly different than they were when I were just around 10 or so. They have evolved with my time, with my experience on earth, with the relationships and the jobs that I've had. Those hopes have changed and my faith has done the exact same thing. The faith that I had when I was young was sincere and it was specific. I had an image of God in my head. I thought I had a very clear relationship with God. I thought I knew exactly what I was supposed to do in terms of my faith. I thought I knew what God wanted for me in my life. And then I grew and I had new experiences. I met new people who were vastly different from me, who believed different things from me, who taught me a lot and opened my eyes to the world. And with that, my faith, of course, evolved. It changed. And so today, my faith is super vast and boundless, and the things that I thought I knew for certain about God are no longer certainties. My faith is something that's open-armed and embracing of all new things. But by following this sacred call of God that I felt in my life, this pull to different places and jobs and um, people, I, you know, wandered <laughs> onto different paths throughout my life, and those things changed me for the better. My hopes and faith today are better. They are stronger than what they once were. So all of that to say, when I listen to Nancy's story, this idea that change, that change was God and change was something that was a necessary part of Nancy's journey, that change was for the benefit of Nancy's ministry. That is something that rang so true with my own life and I think with so many others who are really in tune with their faith and spirituality, this idea that our path of faith is not a straight and narrow one. It is something that twists and it turns and God pulls us to different things at different times in our lives. What really struck me is that I think Nancy experienced maybe more change than your average person might. Um, she started out with this degree in biology <laughs> and she talked about how that was part of her past life and these past lives that she had lived before she finally fully entered into ministry. So she starts with this biology degree. Um, she worked in outdoor ministry for a while. 
she worked as a computer analyst, worked in sales, helped to start the Dunker Punks podcast, worked in youth ministry, helped with that, and then finally, you know, became a minister, a pastor to Arlington Church of the Brethren. So, so many different places that God kind of tugged Nancy to because there were experiences and people there that that Nancy needed to be in contact with. And Nancy mentions this in the podcast where she says, you know, when I was a computer analyst, there are things that I learned there that I used in my ministry later on. She says the same thing about uh, sales, working in sales, and how it helped her connect and relate to these people that she was selling products to. But then having those people skills was something necessary for her to use later on when working with people and youth within the church. Surely, Nancy ministered in all of those areas of her life even before you know she was officially a minister she was ministering just with the the love and kindness that was within her touching all of those lives those people that she got to know but also i think she was being ministered to through those different places and people where she happened to end up working those experiences they helped her I can only imagine they helped her to evolve and blossom into this new person. Her faith evolved to this point where she was fully ready to enter into and pursue ministry as her vocation. But if we ask Nancy at 10 years old if that was something that she would be entering into as an adult, I imagine her hopes and her faith were a lot different back then. So God used Nancy, took her on this journey, tugged her in different directions, and helped her to transform into this beautiful child of God that was ready to then minister to others. And one of the quotes that I pulled from Nancy's interview that really stuck out to me that I thought was really beautiful is uh, she said, when God wants you to do something, you hear it in strange ways. (laughs) So I applaud Nancy for her ministry and the way that she embraced the changes in her life knowing that they would further transform her spirit, her hope, um, and her certainly mine for the youth ministry. I think around the world, our hope is that ministries would embrace change head on, that they would learn from change, that they would find joy in the things that are evolving around them, And that ministries, youth ministries, would let that change lead them into a new direction, into the arms of new people.
folks. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thank you to the contributors and, of course, to Pastor Nancy. The Dunker Punks podcast is hopeful, and it is a place that embraces interchange and transformation. This episode was created by myself, Krista Craighead, the host, our audio contributors and interviewers, Mary Lynn Lay and Lily Zeem, Pastor Nancy Betts Fitzgerald, and Tyler North. Jacob Krause creates our music. Suzanne Lay manages production. Wichita First Church of the Brethren, Long Green Valley Church of the Brethren, Living Stream Church of the Brethren, Warrensburg Church of the Brethren, Beacon Heights Church of the Brethren, Arlington Church of the Brethren, and On Earth Peace all sponsor the show. If you enjoy the Dunker Punks podcast, you can, of course, be a part of it. Will you be attending annual conference? We are currently recruiting interviewers for live recordings of annual conference leadership. Email dpp at arlingtoncob.org to join in or recommend a youth or young adult. That long list of churches and congregations that you heard above, they all sponsor the Dunker Punks podcast. And we need sponsors to continue this awesome work that we're doing. This is our uh, brick and mortar, these sponsorships. It's what keeps us going. It's our foundation And it's so important to hear what youth and young adults have to say about following Jesus. It gives them a platform um, on which they can speak up and start this transformation of their lives, really. So consider emailing us and ask your church board to include a $200 budget line for the Dunker Punks podcast. And that way, together, we can literally value what young people of faith have to say. Also, don't forget to engage with all of our social media. Uh, Our handle is at Dunker Punks Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can share, like, comment on posts to show support of the show or tag a friend to personally invite them to check out a favorite episode. To stay in the loop, you can also sign up for our periodic newsletter if you use this link, bit.ly backslash dpp underscore the newsletter. You could also go to the ArlingtonCOB.org website to the far right sidebar of the page and sign up for the newsletter that way. You could click on the link in our Instagram bio, or you could just send an email to dpp at ArlingtonCOB.org. And one of the biggest, most important ways that you can support this podcast is by applying or recommending 
an awesome young person in your life to be an audio contributor to create yours or their own episode. You can email that same address that's been said a couple of times, record whatever is on your heart and happening in your faith journey, and send it in. Hey, thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check out the next episode. Bye.